and welcome to the DBSA podcast. I'm Sarah Wendell from Smart Bitches Trashy Books, and with me is Jane Litt from Dear Author and, surprise, Nalini Singh. At Romantic Times in Chicago, Nalini Singh was in our hotel room, and so we tied her to a chair and we interviewed her. She's live. She's not on Skype. And it was really fun. It's a very casual conversation that we absolutely did not plan. We grabbed the microphone and had a half an hour, and we attempted to get really good answers out of her and were totally unsuccessful, despite the fact that we threatened her several times. I really like this interview because you get a sense of how Nalini approaches her writing in her series. We talk about her heroines and the things that she likes about traveling to the United States. As always, we have music from Sassy Outwater. This is actually by Sassy Outwater. She's performing. This is Fiddler on the Loose. And I'll have more information after we're done with the interview. And now, on with the podcast. So... Starting out with with a compliment that Angie paid your books, mm-hmm. I have a question. Okay, yeah. so Angie has been telling everyone how awesome your books are, which is like no great big news to anyone who's listening <laughs> to this podcast. But one of the things that Angie James said that she really liked. Hi, Angie. <laughs> she's she's right here. She's like, I'm not talking. One of the things that Angie James says that she likes is that you create a conflict that is very intense. And you do not know, as the reader, how the hell the characters are going to resolve mm. this. But then not only do you resolve it, but you resolve it in a way that is satisfying and obeys the rules of the world. And that's a direct quote from Angie. So here's my question. Mm-hmm. When you are identifying the conflict as you're writing, do you know how you're going to resolve it? Or do you sort of get there and figure it out on your own and then go back and add in all the clues? Um, it, it depends on the characters and, and the particular book. Some of them I know from the start, how it's going to be resolved. Mm-hmm. And others, it's it's a case of um, writing, because it's my writing process. I don't do a big plan. Right. You know, it's, all, it's all in my head most of the time, and I just write myself into the book right. completely. So um, sometimes I have to get to know the characters well enough, you know? Um, and the, the conflict and the resolution of the conflict sort of comes naturally from that knowledge of the characters. Right. Yeah. But uh, I have to admit, I'm a huge um, continuity geek. Like, the one thing that will stop me reading a series is if the re- writer breaks the rules. Yes. And so, um, for me, because that's an immediate tension killer. Yes. Because if they can do it once, you know, they're gonna, they might do it again. So, I don't have that trust. Um, so, that's why I really, really try to just hold on to the rules of the world. Bless you, James. <laughs> Bless you, James. Um, um, yeah. So, do you have a Bible for your series? I do. Um <clears throat> So when Where I is it located in your house the next time I visit? It's actually a physical thing. I know. I'm like so freaked out. It's going to like go up in smoke. But um, <laughs> um, Is there like a, a home insurance writing? Yeah, yeah. The Bible for my series needs a special insurance coverage. That's right. It's like worth like bajillion dollars. No. Um, I was just saying that um, we're actually doing it online now. We're going to put the Bible online and then everyone can look at it. And um, you can say, no, you, you're completely wrong. That's okay. Um, <laughs> it should be factual because we've, we've gone through and pulled out. Um, and it's basically from my notes. And um, my assistant has gone through and pulled out a lot of information as well. But um, basically, a lot of it is in my head. Mm-hmm. Like it's in my head. And, and usually I only need to refer to the Bible um, for really detailed mm-hmm. things like the overall information is in my head. Right. Um, 
And what I use a lot actually are files of my books, searchable uh-huh. files. And I, because I often know exactly the sentence, even yes. where the information is. You remember is. the words, but yeah, not where it is. Where it is. So I just have to put that in. And so, for example, Hawk's book. Yeah. You know, when I did that, I actually had to go through all the previous books, every mention of Hawk. Mm-hmm. I just had to check what everything I had mentioned about him. So all of a sudden he's not like a redhead. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine? And he's Scottish yeah, and wears yeah, a kilt. Yeah. He's, he's yeah. O-Hawk. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, when you first uh, when I first started a series, I had never written a series before. I didn't even know you needed a Bible. So I wrote Slave to Sensation. And then when I wrote um, Visions of Heat, I was like, Uh-oh. oh, I have to keep going back to Slave to Sensation like every second page because I had to check every tiny you know detail. Right. So that's when I actually started doing my Bible Starting from, from the Bible. second book. Yeah. Yeah. So since you've been at RT, mm-hmm. I have met several people who have been very excited to meet you. <laughs> have you been squeed over a lot? Yeah, a few times. But, um, <laughs> it's it's kind of funny because I'm a Kiwi, you know, like we don't, we're not that, uh, what's the word? Like, um, excitable? Ex- I You know, we do, we do it quietly. Like if we see someone, <laughs> we're like, oh my gosh, it's so-and-so, you know, but so it's really nice that people do that oh, because obviously like most writers, I'm at home. Most of the time by myself. Right. Um, so it's really nice to have that interaction. And, um, you know, a few people have, have, have kind of tweeted it and stuff and said they were too shy to come up. And I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm like <laughs> no, completely non-scary. <laughs> so, so feel free. <laughs> yeah. So, um, no, it's been, it's been, I've really enjoyed it. You know, it's been really nice. I heard really good things about the panel you were on earlier. Yeah, it was a good panel. What were some of the questions that you liked from that panel? Um. Well, there was a mix of questions. There was, like, the more general questions about the series and stuff. And, of course, there was an inevitable question about a certain someone. Um, So that was a fun question to to dodge. And, um, oh, well, one of the questions that I think the moderator actually asked was uh, talking about the power differential between, like, um, ancient beings like vampires or archangels and, like, these young heroines that um, often get paired up with them uh-huh. and then I actually quite enjoyed discussing that that's because that's one of the things that led me to write the Guild Hunter series in the mm-hmm. first place because I was reading these paranormals where um you know like a really ancient vampire would get together with a mortal and you know they'd have a love story and it would be happy ever after but I always wondered you know but how are they going to live together because that's a really big that's, that's a, a big very deal. big power differential yeah so um so part of the Guild Hunter series is actually exploring that you know it's it's after the happy ever after kind of you know yes. and um and, and she gets broke a bunch of times yeah, and she yeah, gets she broken a bunch of yeah. times and then it's all about how she survives and how she's um finding her wings so to speak in this new world right. and it's also about his development because he is um you know an an mortal and has all this power and stuff but i said in the panel it's almost as if he's become numbed Yes. By, by his existence, he doesn't really feel much. And so yes. he's awakening along with her. And right. so it's a really cool dynamic yeah, to, to, to explore. And that he has to explore his own vulnerabilities yes, because exactly. he cares about somebody else who can therefore hurt him and also him. die or could die. Yeah, at so one she point. is his one weakness, yes. basically. She is his one weakness, which is the reason that Dimitri, you know, is so like doesn't like her because yes. she is now a chink in his armor. She's a liability. Yeah, She's she not is. An asset. She is. She is a liability, but, um, you know. So when you when you wrote that series, the mm-hmm. second cover, the, yes. the image of the cover, was a spoiler, spoiler. for the first book. Yeah, yeah. Did that get a lot of discussion? Were you sort of on the fence about uh, whether or not to spoil the whole book on the cover? Yeah, 
but oh. you can just put words. Yeah. She becomes. Never mind. Yeah, yeah, I know. So I'm like, don't, don't look at the second book cover, people. But I think it was at that point you couldn't really keep it mm-hmm. under in the wraps. You know, as soon as the first book had come out and people were talking about it, everyone knew. Yeah. Um, it would. It wasn't a spoiler that was difficult to find. If you just went on a single book site, yes, you would understand. You would. What you was would. Going you would. You would know. So um, I actually thought it was a gorgeous cover. So I'm. I'm Those you know, are some really yeah, beautiful, they're beautiful covers. covers. I thought um, the first cover she looked like Gwen Stefani from No Doubt, and I couldn't figure out why Gwen Stefani was in your romance novel, but the, since the images, all of them are very cool. They kind of glow. Gwen Stefani was pretty heroine-like. She is. She's yeah, pretty she badass. Is. She is. She would make a good urban fantasy heroine, actually. She would. She would. Yes. Yeah. Because she, she does have... low-slung <laughs> pants really well. Does she have an urban fantasy belt? We have to find out. Um, I think if you go back to her early days with No Doubt, she um, there was the one song... Where she was, um, it was the girl song, I'm Just a Girl. Yeah. yeah. And uh, she's thrashing around. I think she has cargo pants, low-slung cargo pants and a big belt on. She is an urban fantasy heroine. And she has all that emotional vulnerability. Yes. Right. Plus she got to slag off her ex-lover in her, all of her songs. All of them. All cards. of them. It's like who, who, when, when she and when Kelly Clarkson got dumped, the, the musical universe had a big change to deal with because we're going to have a lot of breakup songs. But you know what's so interesting about Gwen Stefani? She's very close with her uh, ex-lover, Tony, who and they've become very good friends. They were on American Idol last week together. They yes, are. and she writes songs about how, you know, we're all cool now. Well, it's the intricacies of, intricacies of emotion, isn't it? I mean, yes. you, can, you can never sort of say someone is one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's all these elements in the relationship, which is, which is why I love romance, you know, because you get all these complex woven relationships yes know? one person might be one thing to someone and you know dimitri is the perfect example he's he's one thing to to rafael he's another thing to elena he's another thing to honor you know it's like all these facets of a person yeah. yes yeah and you also don't see certain side of somebody until they enter a relationship exactly. i notice with my husband's friends when they have become involved with people it's like they're Yes. Very much different personalities. Yes. Like a whole, like a whole third of their personalities <laughs> revealed, and I'm like, "What? I, yeah. you, you, wow, okay." And I think you. And then when they have kids, forget it. That's that's what's all gone. Especially if it's a girl. <laughs> I had a daughter, and I know how I thought when I was. Oh, nobody's coming near my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> I have a friend, and he's like, "Yeah, if I have a daughter, she's going into a nunnery." <laughs> And you are telling me this? I mean, you, you know? And yep. he's, he's, he's like, he's a total guy. So I'm like, yeah, complete contradiction, you know? <laughs> so when you're traveling in the U.S., what do you miss from New Zealand from, that we don't have? Well, actually, from... I've, I've actually learned to um, bring the stuff down. <laughs> <laughs> do you have a Kiwi survival kit? Yeah, I have my stuff that I, like my tea that I drink and um, my crackers that I like. So it's all good, you know? Um I think I, I've traveled quite a bit now, so I'm, I'm quite relaxed about it. I'm quite uh, ready to adapt and, and eat and drink kind of whatever's around. And, and I watch the TV. Like last time I was here, um, last year, I had a bit of time off after my book tour, and I, um, I got addicted to American reality television. Oh, I'm really sorry. <laughs> yeah. And I watched, <laughs> I watched that coupon show, Extreme Coupon. Oh, no. <laughs> we don't have that at home. <laughs> Like, we might get, like, oh, you can get, like, 50, 50 cents off if you 
buy two something, mm-hmm. but that's it. You know, it's not like you can go to the mar- supermarket and like these ladies, they were buying things for zero dollars. They were getting money back. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, I was, someday I was you come back to the East Coast, I will take you shopping with my mother-in-law, <laughs> and she does the extreme couponing at department stores. Right. Like she has the, she'll buy something, she'll see it on sale, she'll bring it back with the receipt, get the price difference, then buy something else with a twenty percent off coupon. Has another coupon on top of that, and wow. she will go from section to section and just at the end of the year, the department stores owe her money. I think. Like I think she files a return with Macy's, and they're just like, here, have some money. We're done. That is, I, will, I mean, it's I mean, crazy. It's amazing. I it's can't amazing. do it that. It is really smart. They're really, really smart. I yes. mean, I was actually, I was, I was really fascinated. I was just, I was being funny about it. Because, so, but I am fascinated. so one of the things going to happen with the ghost in the future is there will be coupons. <laughs> you know, you you, yeah. figured, you figured out the twist. Now you've, you've given everything away. He's actually a reality couponing star. Oh yeah, wow! Yeah, I can't wait to trumpet the exclusive mm-hmm. on this podcast. That's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> no, so you know, when I travel, you know, I try everything out. Actually, you know, in New Zealand right now, Marmageddon is going on. Have you heard about Marmageddon? So Marmite is this, um, it's a spread. Yes, Marmite that, I know. Yeah, it's no, like Vegemite. Know, Vegemite. So Marmite, the Marmite factory was in Christchurch, um, which had the earthquake. Right. Which shut down the factory. Um, There's a Marmite shortage? There is a Marmite shortage. Oh my gosh. Um, so, um, but I actually, I feel, um, I feel like I'm not a real Kiwi for saying this, but I'm not a big Marmite fan. So, you know, I'm a Nutella girl. Yeah. Um, so I'm okay, but, you know, my friends, you know, are like, gosh, the Marmite's going to run out. And it's, people have been selling it on Trade Me, which is like our eBay. Right. Um, so um, they recently had a... There's Marmite hoarding. Yes, there is Marmite hoarding. And they recently, somebody found a 25 kg bucket of Marmite that they had bought for like some event. Yeah. Um, and they decided to sell it off for charity. And it went for something like a thousand dollars. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, $1,000 worth they, of Marmite, yeah. baby. Yep, yep. Um, yeah, a lot of people, when they travel, they actually take Marmite. They take Marmite they with take them. They take Marmite. It's like adopting a sports team as an adult. You can't adopt Marmite as an adult, really. It just doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, no. I think as a child, you have to you have to grow up eating it. Like, at school, you know, people had Marmite and chip sandwiches. I, I think, you, do you call them potato chips or crisps? Yeah, yeah potato Crip, chips. chips. Crisps. Yeah, so Marmite and crisps. You put Marmite between two potato chips and eat it? No, no, no. And then uh, bread. Bread, Marmite. Potato, potato chips, chips and bread. Marmite and bread. And then no, I'm sorry. That sounds very American. <laughs> but well, that sounds like something we would eat. That, that, is, that, is, that is a staple, you know? <laughs> Marmite and potato chips. Yeah. So when you release your celebrity cookbook. That's right. There'll be Marmite and chips and bread <laughs> and Nutella. Quite possibly, yeah. <laughs> there might be Nutella sandwiches. I went to a, um, a tea party at a, at a friend's the other day and I took fairy fairy bread. Do you have fairy bread? It's um Faro bread? Fairy bread. You know, fairies with wings. <laughs> no, it's um it's bread with butter and then hundreds and thousands sprinkled on what top of hundreds it. Hundreds and thousands. Hundreds and thousands. It's it's what you put on cakes, you know, the little Oh dots. the little um like sprinkles. Sprinkles or jimmies. Yeah, yeah. So those. you take sprinkles yeah. on top of Nutella. No no not uh, Nutella. No. It's just plain buttered bread with, with sprinkles on it. It's very nice. You should try it. And then you cut it up into little shapes. Seriously? We're, next time we you, next time we're together, I'm bringing a video camera. We're going to need some bread and some sprinkles, and we're going to do your cooking show. I tell you this. Oh, my God. It's be the best junk food ever. Fairy bread is like for five-year-olds, but um, everybody likes fairy bread, honestly. That's you, you, awesome. Then you cut it out in shapes. 
With like little, little cookie cutters. Cookie cutters, yeah. Okay. I, I seriously think that the Nilly Nixing cookbook <laughs> is going to be quite a thing. You know, Debbie and Mike Hilmer can just move it on over. <laughs> We're going to have fairy bread Nutella oh. and potato chip sandwiches here. Yes, and all of your groceries with on, on Nalini's coupon world. They have to have coupons. Well, actually, right. you know what? We'll do. We'll print coupons in the back of the book. That's right. Good for hundreds and thousands of Nutella and Marmite yeah. and bread. It's funny, actually. What with the language thing, I occasionally have that where I don't know the the right the American uh, term, the American term, and and um, most recently, my agent had to say we don't say candy floss. Do you know what candy floss is? Yeah, it's a uh, cotton candy. Cotton candy, yeah. Right. So I was like, oh. but that's not so far off. Candy floss, I know what that is. I, yeah, I think candy floss could refer to some undergarment. <laughs> oh! <laughs> that's just a- Angie's nodding in agreement. Yes, that's just a dirty mind. No, it's, it's, it's not. It is. It is. It is. Yeah, it is. It is. See, there you go. Candy floss. <laughs> Now, the next time I read an erotic romance with edible undergarments, I'm going to picture him flossing his teeth with her G-string. It's just not going to be very hot. <laughs> okay, so what right now... I'm sorry that you guys are culturally illiterate. Yes, we really are culturally illiterate. That We don't understand what candy floss is meant for. <laughs> so what are you reading right now that you're really enjoying? What am I reading right now? So, um... I've been saying I've been in a historical phase for yes. like, I turned in my last book and then, um, I, I, your I, last book, the last one ever. No, oh, my, my most recent last book, say. which is Archangel Storm. And, um, I quite often will read something completely different from what I write. I think because I'm so close to a book and of then course. so straight after I finish, I usually read something completely different. And so I've been reading historicals. Right. So I've read Tessa Dears, A Week to Be Wicked, and I, I thought that just, was wonderful. Just finished it's that on lovely. the plane over. I yeah. really, really liked it. Really liked it. And, um, and everyone I've mentioned it to here yeah. goes, oh, I loved it. it is, oh a, my God, it's, it's so good. Book. Like it's, it's a so gasping good. book. Yes, it's that good. And um, and then I read um, Caroline Linden, um, A Rake's Guide to, to Seduction, I think. Yeah. But rakes good. always have guide to something. Oh, There's a bunch of rakes guides. But the guides. thing is, the interesting thing about this book is it's a rake book, but it's a different kind of rake book because it's like he has this reputation. So but he's a hoe. No. <laughs> he, I mean, he's got this reputation, right? He has actually, but right. it's, part of it is not deserved, you know? Mm-hmm. It's it's it's, it's, it's an inflated it's like rumor. A go- it's like a gossip thing that's, you know, right. happened, and it's affecting his life because he wants to court this woman and... His reputation his literally reputation precedes is, him. It precedes him. And so that's been really interesting. And um, I just read, I read a run of my keepers. I reread um, Stephanie Lauren's A Secret Love. Oh. Yeah, it's a fabulous fact, book. In fact, I saw that on your Barnes & Noble yeah. recommended read list, and I thought, I've got to reread that, that book. That is such a fabulous book. Gabriel, Why do you love yeah. it? It's uh. just so emotionally intense, and, and at the same time, they're friends. Yeah. So they know each other so well. Um, but my favorite scene is the scene in the middle of the ballroom when he figures it out. When he's smelling her? Yeah. I and love he, that scene. Yeah, and he goes, and he, he, but he gets so angry, and he just he just gets so angry at her, and then from there on, it's like, that's for me, that's where it really kicks into like full gear, because it's like, now he knows who she is, because before he didn't quite know who this person was, uh-huh. and oh, it's just, it's just. Amazing. I just, I still get that sigh when I think about it. When I reread it, I was like, oh. "Good, good book noise is the it best." Is, it is. It was actually, I um, I picked it up in a store, not knowing it was part of a series, and I actually read it completely. I read it you out outside of, order, of the series, outside of the series, and then of course I went had to go back of and course. get every single one of the books. But it is still my favorite of the sinister books. It is still my my favorite. my favorite of the sisters is always Devil's Bride. Yeah, always. I think That's, for a lot of people, it's, it's the amazing. Favorite. Yeah. Well. 
when Jane and I were doing a podcast, we talked about the romance canon. Like, yeah. what are the books that really define each subgenre? And one of the things that Jane said about Devil's Bride was it was the one of the earliest books that she experienced where the hero pursued the heroine. And yes. that she was not interested yes. in being in a relationship or getting married or anything. She wanted to go and do her own thing. Yeah. And he pursued her, which was not the normal yeah. course of, of, of romance at that time. Mm. And I love it for a completely different reason. I love it because Honoria is good at making a home. Yes. And I've realized this is like a theme in all the books I love the best. Like I love there's one Nora Roberts where the heroine is an innkeeper and she makes a home. And I love that the heroine in Devil's Bride is knows how to run an estate. It's not an easy job. And that there's mm. appreciation for the fact yes. that she knows how to do this thing. And there's all these heroines in romance who just sort of walk into a 65-bedroom house. They're like, oh, no problem. I can do this. No, you can't. Yeah. Oh, shut up. <laughs> you you, you, you were just sewing socks. You don't yeah. know anything about running a giant estate. And it is. She's very capable. Isn't yes. She? She's very capable. And that's, that, that's a cool thing to see in a heroine. Yes. Yeah. And she's capable in a very specific sphere mm-hmm. yes. that has to do with women. And there's so many scenes in that book where the women are talking and, and and every time they're doing just one little thing to undermine the men, whether they're plotting to have a party and making them all go or they're planning to just, you know, pick up and move to London to follow them where the, where all the guys are going, all of the women are very sneaky about how they're going to get under the guy's skin just a little bit. I, and yet they're still very aware of the the sphere where, which, in mm. their, which in they operate and, and and the heroine's really trying to break out of that sphere while also having to acknowledge that she's really good at these things that are a skill, that are valuable. Yeah, there's a respect there, isn't there? Yes. Yeah. And he respects that she has those skills. That's why yes. he wants her. Yes. Yeah, yes. And yeah. it's not like you'd make a good ju- duchess because you're good looking and you'd, yeah. you know, you'd like wear the gown nicely. She actually would be good at leading things. Yes, she would be a good duchess. Yes, yes. she would actually be a good leader. Yeah. Which, you know, nobody really expects the, the leadership skills of the aristocracy and regency romances yeah, yeah. to be a, like a line item on their resume, but it totally is. It they is. do have to have it's some true. sort of leadership skill. Uh, uh, you know, a good duke, you know, he's got so much control. And, like, and there's um, a lot of dukes in romance. <laughs> And how come they never run into each other at the balls? Ever! Ever. They don't know each other! It's like, in romance, we all know each other. Like, at this point, everyone is sort of separated from friendship by about two to three degrees. Yeah, exactly. But none of the Dukes know each other. (laughs) Not at all. (laughs) You know, I think of of the Regencies that we read as kind of like, it is kind of a... um, it's a created world. Yes. It's not the reality. No. It is how we imagine it to be. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's one kind of Regency... Um, and then there's another kind of regency, and sometimes they don't overlap no, at all. No, they're very different. Very different, yeah. And I also love when modern sensibilities sneak into historical romance. Like I there was, do like it. <laughs> there was a Maya Banks trilogy of Scottish romances, and I don't remember the name of the first one, but the very first one, I remember reading it and loving it because yeah. the action is just brought in one great. after another. It's great. I but like those that. were the cleanest Scots people ever. <laughs> they bathed hourly. Every chapter, somebody was having a bath. And I was like, okay, I know this is not real. I know this but is I not realistic, but clean. they're clean. They smell awesome. <laughs> they're all they're all fresh. Yeah. They use Irish Spring. Irish I'm spring. sure. <laughs> <laughs> they all smell great. They do. I mean, well, you wouldn't. I mean, it's like the thing of you never hear about heroine shaving their legs. No, and they're always hairless yeah. anyway, like yeah. magical heroine true. wax. Sometimes they include the shaving scene in a romance for, and I'm not talking about that type of shaving. <laughs> Although I've actually read that as well. Shaving the down there? Yeah, as a part of an intimate act between a man and a woman. Uh uh-uh. uh. 
I'm sorry, that's a level of trust I do not have. <laughs> well, that then. You never met them? He's shaving her down there? I think she's being sheltered. You guys haven't. What book is this where someone's shaving somebody <laughs> else's I've, mood, Manny? I've been. I, it's read it more than once. I have too. It's a very intimate, loving scene. Susan Johnson uses it in Forbidden because they uh, go to the boat. Um, of course she did because Susan Johnson wrote like all the original. She, she, she's the she's the, the she's like the, the queen. And she's the and queen mother of erotica. Her with the oil, the hot oil. It's a very and I'm really surprised he doesn't I have well, I have not encountered hoot nanny shaving. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I have not experienced the hey nanner nanner baldinating. So, what books do you really want to read next? Are there books that you have scheduled that you do really, I want, really to want to read next? Oh, um, do you want some recommendations? <laughs> Don't even start. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, I got some recommendations um the other night, but um. Yeah, um, I guess I'm like most readers. I'm kind of moody. Like whatever, I, whatever I'm in the mood for, I'll, that's what I'll go looking for. And I quite like having a big TBR pile because I'll then I'll just go and pick up whatever I want, you know, yep. and, and read. Um, and there's something for every mood stuck in there. Exactly, exactly. Yes. You can. Um, and so, like recently, actually, one book I didn't mention was um, I was reading and really enjoying was. Um, the one about Yemen, um, salmon fishing in the in salmon the Yemen. fishing in the Yemen. It's yeah. about to be a movie. Yeah, yeah. It looks like total like desert porn. It is. It's it just is a, gorgeous. Very, I haven't seen actually haven't seen the trailers for the movie, but I read this book and it's completely different from anything else I read. And um, I read it because someone gave it to me, and I thought this is fabulous. And it's it's one of those books where you're reading along and you're like, oh. why is this so amazing? But it is. It's just so different and it's kind of quirky. Um, Does it have a happy ending? Well, I haven't reached. I wouldn't actually oh, reach the ending. I had to. I, um, I, I left it at home, ending. and I've got like a chapter to go. I think so. Yeah. So we shall see. But um, what else is next? Oh, actually, I'm. Um, I'm gonna read Anne Gracie's. It's the last book in the Perfect series, like the Perfect Waltz. I just reread right. the Perfect Waltz on the plane. It's right. a beautiful book. Loved it um, the second time as well. And then I've got the. I actually haven't read Grace's book because I've been saving it because I kind of inhaled. The other four, and right. then I was like, "No, no, I must save this book." So <laughs> it's going to be my plain, plain home book, the the Anne Gracie, and um, and yeah, and I've I've actually had some recommendations for good contemporaries. So yes. I'm gonna, gonna look those up because we were talking about that that mm. you like contemporaries that aren't suspense, the contemporaries that are relationship just books, relationships yeah. and emotions. Yeah. So like that. So I've read Julie James, and I've really enjoyed her her all her books, and the most recent as well, and. Um, you know, I read the super romances. Mm-hmm. Um, um, Karina Bliss is, is a good friend of mine, but I don't say I like her books just for that. I mean, I love her books. Oh, she's, she's, she's such a good writer. And is I she always a Kiwi read her. or an Aussie? She's a Kiwi. She's a Kiwi. Oh, the Aussies always try and steal all the nice, good Kiwis. But no, she's a, she's a New Zealander. Yeah, I, 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 an Australian <laughs> told me that the Kiwis can get a little snaky if you try to claim them for the wrong side. No, it's, it's a bit of a joke. You know? know. So, yeah. yeah, but um, no, I love her stuff. And I actually read um, a lot of super romances just for that reason, because they're, they're contemporaries and they're, they're often straight relationship books. Yes. Yeah. And then you have the family aspect as well, which I quite like. I like the family. And I mean, like with the historicals, I love um, Julia Quinn's, you know, the, the Bridgertons. Yes. And, um, and, you know, I'm reading the Anne Gracie's and they've also got a family yes. connection. So I love all that. And, yeah. Um, and with contemporaries too, you know. So, um, and I'm reading, um, oh, I'm waiting for Nora Roberts' next in book, the Boonesboro. Oh, the In, Bins- in Boonesboro yeah, 2? Yeah, did yeah. you read In Boonesboro 1? I did read number one. What did you think? I thought it was great. Really? Yes. Have you stayed at the inn? No, I have not stayed at the inn. You have stayed at the inn. Really? I have. Yeah, is it Actually, amazing? 
I actually stayed in the haunted room, and the ghost woke me up, and I was completely really? freaked out. Yes, oh it completely gosh. freaked me out. Well, I'll tell you, the first night I was there, it was in the, the Elizabeth and Darcy room is the room that's allegedly haunted, and the innkeeper said something about, yeah, we've told the ghost you were coming, and you know, I was like, okay, yeah, whatever, we're fine, you know. So in the middle of the late night, like really early in the morning, my phone starts dialing. Like my, like my phone is oh dialing a number, and then I hear this, your call cannot be completed as dialed, and then it would go dead, and then it would start dialing again. And I was like, what the hell? Now my phone doesn't work? Crap, fine, I'll get up. And I got up, and I went downstairs to breakfast, and I ended up meeting these really nice women, and I spent most of the weekend I was there with them, so it was nice that I woke up. Yeah. But I kept thinking, that's really weird. And when I went back through my call history... There were no calls. I couldn't, I was like, was my phone trying to auto-dial? Was it voice activated? What was going on? So I went to look at my phone, and there was no evidence of those calls. Wow. And I was like, all right, now I've got goosebumps, so okay, crap. And I went down to um, the innkeeper and, and two of her friends, and I'm like, so is my room the one that's haunted? And they were like, yes. I'm like, okay. Does the ghost like technology? Yes. Oh, great. Okay, so I won't leave my laptop unattended in the room now. Wow. Yes. That's I, like a... That's a cool story. It was really freaking me out for a while. And then I was like, okay, I can check out. It's something she followed me home. <laughs> She's not here. And I'm not really, like, easily... If you tell me something creeped you out, I totally believe you. Yeah. But I don't believe, like, you know, there's, like, ghosts just packing... Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't believe the space between you and me and Jane is, like, packed with dead people. They're, like, hanging out all the time. But that was a definitely weird experience that gave me the ghiblies. Like, I still... Like, my arms are... My arms are all prickly now. <laughs> I've got the Ghiblis. I love that word, the Ghiblis. The Ghiblis, yeah. I, I never heard it until last night. I was like, what was that? Is that like, is it like the heebie-jeebies? Yes, very much. <laughs> I'm going to use it now, the Ghiblis. The Ghiblis. The Ghiblis, yeah. So is that the question you get most often? Who's the ghost? Who's the ghost? Who's the ghost? Yes. Yes. That question and... This could be a great charity auction. <laughs> one person I'll whisper one it person. into your ear. Yeah, just have them sign a non-disclosure <laughs> and then just they get to know they get to know you can sell it for the highest bidder well Nalini says that she links to my post about Caleb and my assertions about Caleb mm. quite frequently I just want to put that out there just want to put well that out you there, know huh? I just link to that when people ask about Caleb I'm like you know what go read Jane's post it's very comprehensive it's there's no linking going on there between the two concepts. So you say. So you so say. So I say. So I say. If it turns out, perhaps, that Jane is right, there will be no living with her. <laughs> <laughs> we will hear about how she was right. She wrote this post. If you've not seen it, it's amazing. It is oh, the really? most well-cited, intricately linked it's every like legal, single legal it's my legal yes, brief. Yes, it is a legal brief <laughs> argument that Caleb is a ghost. And and honestly, I have citations too. You know, like the little doubles S. She's got that. Oh yeah, sections. You know, the funny thing talking about the ghost is that I have to shut myself up because I am so scared. I will just you will accidentally I will give just it away. I will just blurt it out. Oh, I can totally understand. That's a really big secret to keep, especially <laughs> when so many people want to know. Yeah, yeah. Every second question. So have you, is there anyone else who knows other than you, like your mom or your sister? Do you have a pet? Did you tell the three pet? people? No, three, three people, people now. So who is it? I'm not going to tell you because there's been three people. The ghost is one of them. So the ghost is one of them. So that's two. Two people know. It's like you and your your cat, right? You told your cat. And the wall. Yeah. Know? And so under the cat's water dish is who it is. We have to just break into her house, steal the Bible, and grab the cat. Yeah, they've been sworn to absolute secrecy, and and so three people know. Mm-hmm. And no one is talking. Yeah. 
That's a really big secret to keep. Yeah, that's why I made three people. <laughs> <laughs> when do the rest of us get to know? Yeah, when do we get to know? When do we get to find not, out? Not, actually, I said this in, in the panel I was just on. I said, you know what? It's a really hard secret to keep, so I'm not going to be keeping it. With <laughs> <laughs> I'm starting to get ghost indigestion, people. I need to write this book before I just can't breathe and eat. Yeah, no. Um, you know, this series has always had a very structured... Um, I say structured, but, you know, I'm not a plotter, but I've always had that. I've known that the end, so to speak, or the end of this arc. And um, so it's not going to be a case of drawing it out for ages because I don't know what I'm going. I know exactly where I'm going. And um, and I think, you know, things are really coming into place. And, and so, yeah, two or three books, we're going to reach that, that, that point. The original, you know, end of the arc that I envisioned. So, yeah, so it won't be too much longer. And I have to stop talking now. Okay, I have, a, I, have a, I have a related question. Well, no, in no, wait. No, before we move on, so what's uh, not much longer mean? One month, two months, <laughs> you tomorrow, know, you know, I have over to dinner if we you get know, drunk. I have to sleep, right? I have to sleep and, and um, stuff. She's giving me the stare. I stop her. She's looking at me. Yeah. <laughs> Those of you who are listening to this podcast, it's like the, the stare of death. It's Jane's stare of death. She's looking at me. <laughs> I have to look away. <laughs> She's not lying. <laughs> oh my god. But going back to the time period, so your next Counselor. book is out in uh, next month, correct? Yeah, Tangle of Need. And mm-hmm. how long after Tangled of Need will you reveal the secret of the Objection. Ghost? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I will reveal it when it is time. Be a grasshopper. Oh, that's about as good as when I say so. Will you be revealing it before the uh, next Angel book comes out? In September? Yes. No. So, the, so your time frame of short is greater than six months. <laughs> it is, it is, it is. But if you, in the context of the series, which has been running five years, you know, Six months is not that long. Yeah, for you it's not. <laughs> Apparently for Jane, it's quite a long time. Well, you're going to keep your secret until the book is released in arc form and you can't keep it any longer. Ooh, it is on like Donkey Kong. <laughs> I have heard that uh, that the, the ending to Charlene Harris's series is known to her assistant. Yeah. Is there... Uh, someone who would know the ending to your series, should you be hit by a car tomorrow? Should we stuff you under the bed of this Ooh, hotel room and not let you out? Actually, that's a question I actually think about. I'm like, what if, what if something I, happens? It happens yeah. to me, you know, I don't want people to never know all the answers. So there is nobody who knows, but there is a file on my computer, which you cannot hack because it's not connected to the internet. Um, she just thinks of everything. <laughs> would you listen to her? Yeah, that's kind of hard. That is kind of hardcore. Yeah. Um, and, um... Actually, it's not connected to the internet, so I can't play on the internet. That's yeah. why. It's, it's my work um, station. But um, there is a file that my sister knows um, that she can retrieve. And it's got, like, the basic... It's just answers to questions, basically. Yeah. Um, and it's not in any kind of good format or something. It's just basically my notes. Right. Um, so if anything does happen, you know... God forbid. Yeah. Um, I'm knocking on wood, people. But so it wouldn't know. be satisfying, would it? Just having the answers. It's like, well, you know. No, it's much more fun to sort of discover yeah, slowly, especially yeah. with your style of writing, which 
which Angie was talking about earlier, where you leave clues to something and then you get to the end and you see what's much more clarity yeah. what you were doing all along. It would be no fun to be told, and this is what happens. And this is what happens. But yeah. it's good to know that it's the answer there, is yeah. out there somewhere. I actually thought about writing like the final book, yeah. just writing that, and then um, not obviously not putting it out. Oh but just gosh, having that would it. be so hard but to I keep thought, as a secret. And then I thought, no, I can't because the, the story is a progression. And yes. so with each book, characters change and develop and stuff. And then there's a chronology. It, it, it won't be the same book. You know? Yeah. So, um, so let's just all hope I'm just around to write it. <laughs> okay, so I have two questions about side changeling, and if you do not want to answer them because they're too close to something else, totally cool. Okay. I won't stare at you scarily. <laughs> yeah. I don't have she, that power. She will, she will do it for you. She's yes. <laughs> she'll give me the, the, she'll give you the, I'll just kick her and she'll give you the death stare. In some of the books, the, the net mind communicates yes. with people. Mm-hmm. Net mind gonna have romance? <laughs> Are we going to have netmind nookie? Um, you know, Somebody's get... going to shave the netmind's pubes I... off. <laughs> oh. Okay. I, I'm just going to throw up in this corner. Because the netmind is like a child. I'm yeah, just, just made you I just made you so skeeved out. Oh, sorry. No, there is no romance there. All right, that's fine. Oh, I have to make a note of this. <laughs> the net mind <laughs> is a child. And I'm adding it, this to yeah. my compendium. <laughs> you know what? If I ever do a compendium, I know who I'm going to hire. Yeah. You know? She'll do all the cross citation for you in like two seconds. She's actually writing it down. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Well, the net mind is, as you said, it's like a, a child. It is a... Who I mean, is it that was speaking to... It, more than one character... Faith, faith, faith speaks to it. But faith, and there's another character that can well, speak Caleb, to it. Well, Caleb can speak to right. it. Right. Yeah. So they, they are aware and they can communicate with yeah. it. Sort of like a medium, like giving up symbols. Yeah. It's it's just, uh, I guess, their minds, you know, as it says in the series, that um, TKs, the telekinetics, and yeah. the, um, have, have a... Are more able to hear. Yes. You know, so um, another note is being made. Oh, yeah, seriously. Oh, but this is actually in the books. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, so, you know, it's, I, I sort of think their minds are more attuned, yes. perhaps, to that wavelength. Yes. That, that it are. is a lot like a medium. Yeah. So they can, um, and, you know, in the ch- net mind is a child, but in terms of the psychic network, it's a child. So that doesn't mean it's a child in our sense. Like, it has a lot of knowledge and a lot of... But it doesn't have a deeper motivation. It has yes. a very pure sense of moral and motivation. It's because it's been split. Yes, because there's two. There's, there's a light and a dark. Of them. And, um, and so, so it's like duct tape. It, it has is. a light and a dark it side. Exactly. <laughs> it's, a, it's a wonderfully romantic... Duct tape? Yeah, totally. duct tape. Yeah. I used to have a calendar, and it was like 100 ways, 100, 365 ways to use duct tape. And that was the inspiration for the netline. That's right. <clears throat> okay, so I don't know if you've ever asked this question before. What was your point of access for this series? What was the point of origin where you where you started to think about the series? Was it the characters? Was it the net mind? Was it the idea of the psychic universe? It was, was it yeah. the three classes? I mean, what was your point of access into this? There was a lot of things that fit into it. Yeah. Because I was playing with the ideas. I have another manuscript that's never seen the light of day and never will. Um, Yet another reason to break into Nimini's house. <laughs> we're all going to New Zealand and we're going to burgle. <laughs> But, you know, it had some of the ideas, but it wasn't quite right. You know, yeah. It wasn't, I can feel it when it, when it's right. Like, I, I felt it with my very first published book. Yeah. And, um, but it was really, and then one day, I remember, I remember actually sitting in my apartment in Japan, looking out the balcony doors at the, um, I used to have a kindergarten next door. So I was looking out at this kindergarten. It was like a Sunday, I think, because there's no kids in my memory. 
and um, I was thinking about telepathy and all that stuff because I'm really interested in all that stuff. I'm interested right, in course. what we do with our minds and whether we are using all of it because, you know, people say we're only using like 10% or yeah. whatever and, and I thought, what if we could have psychic abilities? You know, right. what if it, I mean, I thought, well, you know, that'd be pretty awesome because we could, yeah. could do all kinds of things and then after a while I started thinking, but what would be the cost? What if it drove you insane? You know, what would it, what would you do to survive? And that's really the core idea um, that it sort of came from. Right. And then, yeah, just went from there. That's cool. Yeah. So, and then I just started writing, literally, you know. I'm, I've told this story like a hundred times, basically. My, just, my three-week jag, you know, of writing. You and just started writing. Right. Just started writing and eating peanut butter toast and that was it. Fairy sandwiches? No, just peanut butter just toast. Just peanut butter toast. Peanut butter toast. All right, wrap it up, girls. Wrap it up. We have to, All right, go, we have to go have dinner where we're going to go and get Nalini drunk <laughs> and try to pry more details. J- Jane is bringing her notes and a pen. I just saw her carry them across the room. Thank you very much. This was really, really fun. Thank you for putting up with Thank me Thank you for you. that. That was a great interview. So that's all for this week's podcast. I hope you enjoyed our interview with Nalini. I've listened to it several times while editing, and I still think it's really fun, and I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. If you'd like to give us some feedback or perhaps ask us questions for um, the next time we tie Nalini to a chair, you can email us at sbjpodcast at gmail.com, or you can call us at 1-201-371-3272. That's a U.S. phone number, so don't get crazy with the international long distance, unless you're calling from Greenland, because if you're calling from Greenland, I will totally pay you back. The music is from Sassy Outwater. This is a performance piece that she did just for us called Fiddler on the Loose. All of the music that you hear that we feature in the podcast is provided by Sassy, and you can follow her on Twitter at Sassy Outwater. You can follow me on Twitter at SmartBitches, and you can follow Jane at Jane underscore L. We hope you enjoyed the podcast and our interview, and as always, we wish you the very best of reading. Thank you.